Much has been written about the tension that exists between the pharmaceutical industry and their interaction with physicians. Is it time for a change? You're listening to ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and joining me today is Christine Rapp, Vice President of Global Ethics and Compliance at Hospira, Inc., Thank you very much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be here, Dr. Pickett. The popular press is filled with information about the angst that exists between the pharmaceutical industry and physicians and what can be done about it. How do you view this particular situation at the present time? The relationship between industry and healthcare professionals is one that is in need of change. I'm a strong proponent of seeing some changes take place and actually have been working Hospira Works and other companies in the industry work to change the codes of ethics about interactions between industry and healthcare professionals. We're engaged in one of those changes right now. What are the changes that are taking place? Are you referring to the recent change in the code? Well, the pharma code is one that came out. It will represent some profound changes, but Hospira is not a member of pharma. We are a manufacturer of generic injectable drugs and also medication delivery devices. We're a member of a trade association called AdvaMed that's a medical technology trade association. And AdvaMed is also engaged in changing its code of ethics to drive some changes of similar sort to the pharma code between industry and healthcare professionals. Well, much is made about gifts, whether it's a mug, a pen. It's very hard to see how these things and the cost of these things should be passed on to third-party payers or Medicare, whomever. Is this what we're talking about today? In part. The AdvaMed code and companies that are part of AdvaMed and companies that are part of Pharma are moving away from the provision of gifts to healthcare professionals, and I think it's about time. At the end of the day, healthcare is costly, and one of the costs that's indirect and, and very difficult to quantify is the cost of the items that have been provided to healthcare professionals at conventions or at meetings, the little calculators or the sponge balls or pens or notepads or cups, all at the end do cost money. And if we can eliminate those, I don't think the exchange between industry and healthcare professionals will be diminished in any substantive respect. Well, haven't all of these gifts or meals been a way for the pharmaceutical industry to access physicians and get their particular message across? They have, but I think industry is recognizing that it needs to change the approach and become more creative, but also more scientific or clinical in its approaches to healthcare professionals. As you know, the time of healthcare professionals is very limited. We want to make sure that the exchanges that take place between companies and healthcare professionals is really focused on the science and not on the type of meal that's being served or the type of gift that might be provided at a convention booth. I don't particularly understand. How am I to get this information? What are the creative ways that I can get information that I can evaluate and use? Where is this interchange going to take place? Some of the exchanges are in continuing medical education sessions. Now, some of those sessions in the past have been built on provision of a dinner. Often, healthcare professionals don't have time during their busy days, so industry has established a sort of a, a tradition, if you will, of having continuing medical education dinners for healthcare professionals. 
I don't really know if the meals will go away altogether, but one of the things that these trade associations, Pharma, AdvaMed, and others are driving are to make sure that the exchange is much more based on the science or the clinical or the instruction and less based on the meal. Well, when we've looked at CME education, when it is sponsored by the pharmaceutical industry, it also seems to be self-serving. Again, coming back to you, how do we change this? Making it more objective making it less focused on the products. And actually, continuing medical education really should be less focused on specific products and more focused on a general therapy or on a a scientific principle. Is this where compliance, your particular office and career, is taking you? The area of compliance in healthcare companies, healthcare industry, is really a burgeoning field. And I've been engaged in it for many years, but functions like mine at Hospira are really focused on making sure that the employees are educated about what the laws and the industry codes and other requirements are, and making sure that our employees are following those. How do you go about doing this? on a day-to-day basis? Training every day, answering phone calls every day from sales reps or medical science liaisons or executives who want to know, what am I supposed to do? What is the requirement? What are the procedures that apply to me and my interactions with my customers? The recent code that Pharma has come up with has left it to the industry to self-police. Is this going to be the job of the compliance officer? At this point, the responsibility, at least within Hospira, is placed on the employees to adhere to the requirements, the codes of conduct, and our own procedures. But we're engaged in my office, in the Office of Ethics and Compliance, in monitoring that activity and making sure that the employees are adhering to the requirements. A great deal has been made out of the AMA's Physician Data Restrictive Program. And I know this isn't your particular area of expertise, but this particular data could and does get to the pharmaceutical industry, and it is supposed to be used for research and recalls. But it's conceivable that a hospital representative, a pharmaceutical hospital representative, might use this information. Is it therefore the industry's position that we have to police our representatives so that this information is not misused? It is the responsibility of companies in the industry to make sure that the sales reps and other representatives from the company know the facts and only use facts, not misrepresent that information. So yes, it is our responsibility, and my office does get engaged in that from time to time. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Maurice Pickard, and I'm speaking with Christine Rapp, who is the Vice President, Global Ethics and Compliance of Hospira, Inc. And again, we've been discussing what can be done to improve the relationship between the pharmaceutical industry and physicians as far as educating young learners as well as old learners like myself. Educational institutions, however, have become very restrictive on their contact that they allow pharmaceutical industries to see interns and residents. Do you think this is the way we have to go to accomplish our goals? Some of what has happened uh, among the academic institutions is perhaps overreaction to these exchanges that have been taking place between industry and healthcare professionals that have gone too far. Some institutions have put in place some very restrictive provisions about the uh, contact that can be had between industry sales representatives and the healthcare professionals within the institutions. I think they have gone too far. And the concern I have is that industry has an obligation. Actually, it's driven by 
FDA in part to train healthcare professionals who are going to be using medical technology. If the sales reps can't reach the new healthcare professionals, the newly graduated doctors, for instance, how do we train? How do we make sure that those devices are being used safely on patients? The Institute of Medicine is also looking at this. Could you tell me what direction they're going? The Institute of Medicine decided in 2007, I believe, that it needed to focus on the topic of conflict of interest between industry and healthcare professionals. They've conducted a series of hearings, and I believe their intent is to issue a uh, white paper later this year or early next year on how industry and healthcare professionals should interact in order to mitigate conflict of interest. Well, everybody seems to be involved. The federal government has the Sunshine Bill that's coming up. Could you explain how that's taking place and what role that's going to have? In the Senate in particular, the U.S. Senate, there was a bill proposed earlier this year or perhaps late last year called the Physician Payment Sunshine Act, and that will actually require that industry post on websites, on a public website, the exchanges, the dollar amounts of exchanges that are had between industry and healthcare professionals. So by company, that data would be very transparent. In fact, they've even talked about having a data online where patients can go to and find out what their particular doctors may have received in gifts. This seems unfair because what you're doing is seeing about a particular doctor and you don't know whether he really provided fair value for his compensation. Does this seem too restrictive and a a bad thing? I don't think transparency is bad, Dr. Pickard. In fact, I am a strong proponent of it. What I do think is somewhat problematic in the requirements that this bill would place on industry is that it, it isn't specific enough. So a general dollar amount doesn't tell a patient or someone from the public what actually has happened in the exchange between the healthcare professional and the company. So we've talked about that a company, the industry is involved. We've talked about the federal government. We've talked about the Institute of Medicine. Are the states doing anything? Actually, there are about nine states that have laws on the books right now, and probably another several, I think the number is up to about 13 or 14 states that are considering laws that have either a restriction on the interactions that take place between a company and healthcare professionals in that state, or a reporting responsibility, much like the federal Sunshine Bill. How is this going to be better for our patients? That's a great question because at some point, all of us will be patients. From my vantage point, I want to make sure that the interactions that take place between company, such as my own, Hospira, and the healthcare professional is based on scientific information. And I think the efforts that AdvaMed and Pharma and the states and Congress are about is to drive a more substantive scientific exchange rather than something that's based on money. Do you present us with data that in some way helps educate us in a positive way so that ultimately our patients are being benefited? Yes, we do. Our sales reps are trained on that data and provided data that would help a healthcare professional to understand better the efficacy of the medical technology. That's actually something that is rigorously imposed upon the sales reps when they go through their new hire training or when they come in for training on a new new technology. In your field, are there certain specialists who are targeted to get the message out? Even in CME education, are there certain specialists who carry the load, so to speak, to get the message across? With one of the products that Hospira has, which is an anesthesia product, 
we would focus on anesthesiologists. But for the most part, our technology and our generic drugs are really directed at all healthcare professionals. So there is not a, a targeting of particular practices. Well, today we've been discussing a very difficult problem, how to help the pharmaceutical industry help actually their partners, the physician, to bring better care to their patients and ultimately, again, to cut costs in this rising medical area that now represents some 16 to 17 percent of our gross domestic product. I want to thank Christine Rapp, who is Vice President of Global Ethics and Compliance at Hospira. This has certainly been educational and it's something that the whole medical profession has to deal with and improve on. I'm Dr. Maurice Pickard, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. To listen to our on-demand library, visit us at ReachMD.com. If you have comments or suggestions, call us at 888-MDXM157. Thank you for listening.